Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. Man, I feel like it has been forever since we have done a show. Today, we will be speaking with Gigi Butler. Yes, that Gigi Butler, the Gigi from Gigi's Cupcakes. Yes, she is also the Gigi that was on Undercover Boss when she had over 100 franchise stores out there. Uh, She's also written a book, and now she has opened Pies by Gigi over there in Brentwood. And uh, she tells her story. It's really uh, fascinating. I just love telling kind of a rags-to-riches story where she was literally moved to Nashville, and she wanted to be a country singer. And she had a cleaning business where she was cleaning houses. And she was in uh, a house, well, a family's house. And she was cleaning the toilets uh, of this house while she heard the daughter from the house playing guitar in her room. And uh, she realized that this, I'm just, I'm never going to be that good. I'm never going to be that good. And uh, you have to stay tuned to hear who that person was that she heard singing that song. But she made a a big pivot in that moment. And... um, it was just, it's pretty incredible. So I hope that you enjoy um, hearing all of her stories as to uh, some of her, her successes and failures. But first, I want to tell you about Miracle One Wines. They're new to the Nashville market, and these wines are, they're, they're named Faith, Hope, and Love. The Faith, uh, Faith is a rosé, and it's a Provence-style rosé with just a uh, hint of tropical fruit. The Hope Pinot Noir is 100% Pinot Noir. So you get a little bit of pepper uh, on the front end with a very, very smooth finish. It's a classic style Pinot Noir. And Love. Love is the Chardonnay. And this is a vibrant, fresh Chardonnay. Uh, it is unoaked, 100% stainless steel fermentation. So it's very crisp. It has a very refreshing mouthfeel. It's a... Um, all the rage with Chardonnay. Everybody that's tried the Chardonnay that I've talked to has just absolutely loved the Chardonnay. Chardonnay by far is is the favorite. I've obviously never had them, but I've talked to a lot of people who have, and they love them. What makes these wines unique is that they are in a keg. Yes, it is a 26-bottle keg. It's clear, so you can see through it, so if you're counting, you can know how much is in it. Uh, it's a 100% recyclable keg. So this is a this is a wine that's going to help you reduce how much trash you throw away. It's going to um, increase revenue because now what you can do is you can buy bottles, empty bottles, and you can sell them to people. And when they come back, they can refill it for a discount. So you're getting people to come back in the restaurant. Plus, you can also do a growler program. Get people to come in and take their wine with them. So lots of cool stuff happening. This is a premium wine from California. This isn't just like a house wine. This is a really good wine in a really sustainable way for you to sell it. If you want to learn more, check them out at MiracleOneWineCompany.com. Or you can call your empire rep today. And if you want to go drink the wine somewhere, you want to see how it works out, go check out the Green Hills Grill in Green Hills. And uh, Mafiosa's over there in 12 South. They have faith, hope, and love on tap. So go check them out. Uh, Excited to have you guys back. We are going to be talking with Edgar Victoria uh, from Alabrije. 
coming up Friday telling his entire story. So if you've gone to any of his pop-ups and wanted to learn about him and his story, that's going to be coming up later on this week. We're so happy to be back. Lots of great stuff going on. I hope you guys have a wonderful week ahead of you. It is Monday. Go out there, attack this week, and uh, we'll see you back later on this week. So excited today to welcome in Gigi Butler, who is the owner of Pies by Gigi, the founder of Gigi's Cupcakes, and the author of The Secret Ingredient. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's a snow day here in Nashville, so... It's bring your kids to work day. <laughs> it's like the, the two or three days we get a year. And I just wish it would like snow and the ground would be covered and like, right. I don't know. I love that. Well, I, I love it too. Although it's not good for the restaurant industry. So the days that it snows here in Nashville, you're dead. So you have to think I need to pay rent. So that's always on my mind. How do I pay rent? How do I make things work? <laughs> That is a thing. So are, are you originally from Oklahoma? Did I read somewhere that you were from Southern California? I'm from Oklahoma originally. And then I was raised in the high desert in California. The high so, desert. Yes, the high desert. So it was it's technically Southern. It was in between Los Angeles and Bakersfield. But in the high desert. Yeah. Okay. It kind of looks like Afghanistan out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> The local local flower is a tumbleweed, so <laughs> that's like the state flower. <laughs> no. I love it. I, I, I'm originally from California, too, so when I'm here in Tennessee and it snows, I feel like it's still magical to me. Every time I see snow, I'm like, wow, this actually happens in places. I know. It's nice, isn't it? It is. So I'm really excited to have you on the show because I know that a ton of people out there know all about you. You're, you're, you're practically you're a celebrity. You're all over the place. You were on Undercover Boss. You you had the massive Gigi's Cupcakes. Right. But I, I don't know how many people who listen to my show, going through a pandemic, where people are in their life, your yeah. story is really unique. And it kind of comes, I don't want to say rags to riches, but I mean, you know, from not having anything to building this up and following your dreams and then giving up on your dreams and following a new dream. Crashing. You had, no, it's been... It's been a series of letting go. <laughs> I guess that's uh, letting go to grow. I guess that is the uh, theme of my life. <laughs> the high I want to get so I want to get into that because I, I think there's a lot there that I think a lot of people can identify with, and as you've identified, letting go to grow. So let's go back. Let's go back to you moved to Nashville because you want to be a country singer. Right. I moved 24 years ago here right out of high school and just wanted to <clears throat> make my, make my mark. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was just at that time to where I needed to do it. I had always wanted to be a singer songwriter since I was seven. And then I started, my dad was an entrepreneur. So I started a cleaning business called Gigi's cleaning company when I was 15. So I would clean during the day and then start singing at night professionally. And I formed a band at 17 and we started doing all the VFW halls and, you know, <laughs> so some interesting places, I will tell you. And then I just felt like I had to move here. So I had $500 to my name, knew no one, didn't have a place to live and didn't have a job. But I knew that God would take care of me. 
So I packed my little car up and moved and it has been a whirlwind ever since. Good and highs and lows and lots of hard times. And my you know, cupcake business started in a cr the crash, 2008. So I'm kind of used to starting things when things are really bad. <laughs> That's kind of my theme, I guess, because here I am pandemic and starting a new, a new venture. But I'm like, well, might as well. <laughs> Some people thrive in uh, the worst times right what do you think so if you thrive in the worst times that's not just something that happens that's not just like something is that something you're born with what do you think about growing up with your is it your dad being an entrepreneur did you ever work with him what did he do well he was an la county fireman so we still still lived in los angeles but he would have time so we had a potbelly pig business we had a hair salon an arcade five restaurants I mean, he just did, he was a mason, he was a plumber, he was an electrician, it was like, he was a butcher. It just, he never stopped creating and he didn't succeed at everything for sure. But what it taught me at a really early age is to not fear. I was not taught the fear. If you just go, you feel the fear, but you just move through that fear, or you blast it or you move around it. However people want to see fear, they have to be able to move around it because it's just, something in our minds really well right? i think so many people fear things that are are not really something to be fear like worry and fear right. uh, i follow a guru named dan dapani and he talks about <laughs> there's three places you can live the past the present and the future and why live in the present fast forward and try and project something out into the future and then bring it to the present before it happened and worry about it or well, fear that something might happen. Right. I reminded myself of that today. I was at the house and it was snowing and I'm like, oh, how am I going to make rent? How are we going to, how am I going to pay my employees? And then I took a breath and I said, no, I am going to live for today. I'm going to have joy that there's snow today and God will take care of tomorrow. So I'm only guaranteed today. So if I worry today, I've wasted my day. I can't guarantee what's going to happen. No one can guarantee what's going to happen, especially in, the, in these times. It's yeah. so unstable. So I just had to remind myself today, today, daily bread, just have this day and enjoy it. So I just interviewed Peter Demas a couple weeks ago, and okay. he wrote a book called Afraid to Trust. And oh. you've now mentioned God twice since right. we've been talking and putting your faith in in God and just kind of trusting him, does that from, is that something you grew up in? Or have you always been religious? Well, I grew up in a church, and but I never really started trusting until I had to move across the country by myself. And I my theory was if God could deliver the unbelieving Israelites and part the waters, part the Red Sea, then he could for, for sure help me in Nashville. So that's where my trust in him started becoming real. And then all through my life, he I can't preach to people. People don't want to be preached to. But mm. I can just tell them what my journey has been and how I've developed a relationship with God because I've learned to lean on him. And most people 
aren't grounded in what God says about them, number one. So they're very insecure and they blow with the wind. Oh, what's today? Oh. But if you're grounded and you're rooted in God, you can't be afraid because it says in the Bible like 500 times, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. So if we're going to trust God, then fear is not an option. It's interesting because I'm a, so I, 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 I'm a Christian, grew up Christian. My right. father was in the Christian music industry. Oh, cool. And the organized religion thing kind of like turned me off for a while. I'm sure. And um, I've recently, well, I, a little more than a year ago, I stopped drinking and I went completely sober and I've kind of got into the higher power side of things. And for me, it's God. A lot of other people have a higher power, but if you trust in that your entire life, you don't, you don't have anything to fear that there is no fear. It's a weird concept if you truly fully get into it, right. but I, I totally subscribe to it. And I think it's amazing. You subscribe. Good for you. I'm in. <laughs> You're on board. Well, yes. Heck. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because you tell your story. Uh, you started to tell your story. You moved to Nashville, 500 right. miles, you cross country to Nashville. You had $500. Right. You give me a country music uh, star. You want to be a star. And in your story, was it Taylor Swift's house that you were cleaning? Yes. You were cleaning Taylor Swift's house and you heard Taylor Swift singing in a room and you were like, oh, that's a country music star. Well, I was literally cleaning her toilet at the time <clears throat> and I was almost 30 and she was 15 and she was on her bed practicing guitar, practicing a song she had just written. And as she played that song, I looked at her with my sponge in my hand and I said, where did you get that song? And she said, oh, I wrote it. And I'm like, you wrote that song? <laughs> oh, I'm Taylor Swift. I, she said, my album's coming out. And it was teardrops on my guitar. And that was the day that I said, I'm done. I she had every bit of money in the world, all the famous writers writing with her, tons of money to promote her, 15 years old. And here I was cleaning her toilet at 29, done. That doesn't mean that was not very painful. That was not a very painful transition. That was probably one of the hardest times I've gone through in my life because my whole life since I was seven was music, music, singing, music, country music. That's all I want to do. So when that dream dies, what do you do? How do you pivot? Do you crash and fall and just become some loser? Or do you pick yourself up, reinvent yourself, recreate yourself and be a better you? That's your option. I mean, I, when you put it like that, there really isn't an option there. And I guess that's if, <laughs> how do you get to that mindset though? Because a lot of people just would feel sorry for themselves or even in that headspace for you to recognize right. her ability versus yours, like the ability to get to kind of go, I need to transition and move into something different. Well, two, di two days prior, I was singing at Tootsie's, you know, my band. And, and, I, and when you're the only sober one on the stage, including your band members, and they're falling all over you, you're like, ugh. And then I'm passing the tip jar around at 29 and getting my butt pinched. My brother called me the next day. This is literally two days before I went to clean Taylor's house. And he's like, you need, you need to, it's time. You got to give this dream up. I feel sorry for you, you know? And I said, oh, you're right. I probably do, but I don't know where to go from here. And then two days later, here I am cleaning Taylor Swift's toilet. So 
I'm not saying it wasn't hard and it took me a few years to figure out that I'm not a loser, that I did try, that God can use me and use all the all of the skills that I've learned all since I was seven singing and being on stage to do something else. Just what is that? And sometimes it takes people a long time to figure out, okay, how can I pivot? How can I recreate? How can I figure out what I love and scale that and figure figure out what to what to do? So it took me a while. I read the Bible. I read lots of books about how to be a better business person, how to better myself. And then this whole attitude of why me? Because it's really your attitude, right? So my attitude, I'm a loser. Why me? Why am I just going to be a house cleaner? Why? Turned into, well, why not me? If I am just going to be a house cleaner, then I'm going to be the wonder woman of cleaning ladies. I am going to be the best house cleaner in Nashville. Pick yourself up dust yourself off and let's do this. And so I expanded my cleaning business, hired girls, hired people to help me. And I was really at that point content. I'm like, okay, this is just what, oh, all right, God. Okay, I'm good. Then boom, another opportunity happened. My brother stood in line at a cupcake shop for two hours in New York City. And while eating a red velvet cupcake in Nashville, or in uh, Central Park, he's like, you should open it cupcake shop in Nashville. Now the thing about that is I was cleaning another client's bathroom at the time. So my, both of my epiphanies have been, <laughs> I'm cleaning a toilet, but Hey, you know what? It happens when it happens. And I thought, why not? And you file that under God works in mysterious ways. That's right. That's right. And you never know when inspiration will hit you. But the thing about it is, is you have to be open. If people don't open themselves up to new things because they're afraid, they feel like losers, they feel like they're not, you know, whatever those feelings are, they're not open to new possibilities and opening to pivot. We're going to take just a moment to hear a quick word from our sponsors. When talking about what chefs want, really the question is, how do they do it? No fees, no fuel charges, no surcharges. Never. This allows you to order as much or as little as you need, as often as you need. Seven-day delivery, access products every day, trimming your waste, increasing your valuable shelf life, and allowing you fresher product. 24-7 customer support. Call, text, chat, email, anytime, from anywhere. Uh, they take a team approach to serving you at 800-600-8510 or whatchefswant.com. They have a very they have very diverse product lines, so their chefs have access to thousands of items across many different categories that allow them to receive fresh products daily. This type of flexibility helps chefs with the ability to offer and test new menu items with ease. They have hundreds of trucks on the road every day to reach their vast market. Their focus is tight urban areas where groups of restaurants and chefs are located. Additionally, they have trucks from coast to coast bringing products to farms and artisans across the globe. You can order through your phone app or online. They truly are what chefs want. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. Okay, so here's the thing. It's impossible to find a linen company who you can trust, who you like, who uh, you'd recommend. 
And if you're at a restaurant right now and you're looking for that company, you're unhappy with who you're currently using, and you want to start sourcing out, but you're waiting for recommendations, right now is your lucky day. Cytex is a third-generation, family-owned and operated linen, mats, and uniform company. They really are the good guys in the linen business. They're transparent with their pricing, they have incredible quality, and their service is second to none. Check them out at Cytex-Corp.com or give Ross Chandler a call at 270-823-2468. For me, it was a, I had some pretty big moments that I recognized mm-hmm. that I needed to listen. I, and then all yeah. of a sudden, I go, oh my gosh, it's all the time I'm noticing these things. But it's almost like that there's a moment of clarity that you go, yes, this this is this is God calling me to do this. Right. And I don't know. I think you're listening to this out there and you think that's not that's not real. I I don't know. I, I believe in it a hundred percent that that is that that's what's going on there. But you have to be open to it and you have to be willing to say yes. And my biggest fear in life is not about you know if I'm gonna fail. My biggest fear is the what what if. I do not want to live with what if. I want to live with why not. And I can honestly say when I'm 90 years old, God God willing, I make it. I can say I did it. I tried. I was open. I failed many times. I did really bad mistakes, but at least I tried. And no I regrets. what if no regrets. Right. I love that. So you opened Gigi's cupcakes. Right. Line out the door day 1 gangbusters. Boom. Right. You you, you did it. And, How did that it, feel? It was it was an interest. It was scary, actually, because I had never been in the winner's circle. Right. I've always been the underdog that cleaned the toilets and and never quite made it in the music industry and never, you know, got the leg up that I needed. Never that opportunity. So when it it was front and center, it was really scary because I don't know if I was ready for it, but I guess I guess I was because I said yes. And as it started to grow, you know, we had lines and then my landlord came and said, you should franchise this concept. I'm like, what What are you talking about? I don't want to franchise. And I remember one day I was in the back. I had flour all over me and I mean, cupcake everywhere. And this guy came out and came and he wanted to talk to me. They're like, this guy wants to talk to you. He's been here three times. He's like, I want a store in Indianapolis. I want this. I want a Gigi's. I'm like, you can't have a Gigi's. I'm Gigi. What are you saying to me? He goes, I want this. I want it. I'm like, you can't have it. (laughs) Because I felt like a kid, like I was a little toddler. I'm like, no, these are my cupcakes. I'm not sharing. I'd finally struck cupcake gold and I wasn't about to give it away to anybody. Right. Sure. But here's the other thing about process and letting go. I had to know, I knew I had to let go to grow. And it was extremely scary. And so I was like, okay, I'll franchise this concept. I really don't know what I'm doing. I'll take out my savings. We started Gigi's franchising. Now, this is just six months after I opened. Six months. I'm still cleaning toilets in the afternoon after I bake in the morning. So, and running my cleaning business. And at 14 stores opened, and that was the first year and a half. Um, someone, they came and said, you've got to stop your cleaning business. You, I got to stop. You, I'm like, no, that's my baby. Not, I'm not, that's my, since I was 15, I had this little business. That was what kept me alive. And then once again, I had to let go to grow. 
So it's just been a process of letting go to grow. And it, it depends on, do you want to let go? Do you want to grow? Most, some people are fine right where they are and they're happy and they don't, they want to play it safe. And that's okay. There's a lot of people that are meant to just play it safe. But if you have a calling in your heart and you know that you're being led to be braver and be bold and not play it safe and you're not doing it, shame on you. Because you're not using you. your talents and you're not using your full potential. So if it's inside you and you're denying it because of fear, it's on you. <laughs> I, amen. Peace. It's on you, buddy. <laughs> uh, I, to be harsh. <laughs> so you sell a hundred million cupcakes. You've got a right. hundred stores. You're the largest cupcake franchiser in the world. Right. And hundred and twenty stores in twenty-four states in five years. And I had a child on my own and taking her everywhere with me. With you had a child. When did you, when, how old is your, your daughter? Daughter's nine. I had her in 2011. So I started in February 21st, 2008. I had a child at 65 stores in and she went with me everywhere. I was a sole supporter. She was mine and that was it. And that's a story in the book, but <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, here we were and she's been on 99 plane flights and she's nine years old, if that tells you anything. But wow. I was a stay at home mom. I wanted to always have that experience. So whether we were on a, in a hotel or we were in a different city, as long as we were together, we were home. So that's, that's how amazing. I come on, honey, let's go. <laughs> so 2016, what led you to sell? Well, once again, it was extremely painful. We had, I had gotten to where, you know, this, we had built this huge beast of a company and I wasn't growing anymore. I wasn't getting to create anymore. There wasn't joy in it. I wanted to be a, a you know, full-time mom. She was going to turn five and go to school. And I, I just, I wasn't creating anymore. And it was time to close the door as painful. And maybe that was a horrible mistake. I don't know. I still don't know. But I turned, I closed the door on Gigi's and became just a franchisee and had one store in Nashville. And it has been an interesting four years, <laughs> almost five years. I'll tell you, it's been lots of good, lots of bad, but I what's the, what's the, what's the, Let's go both spectrums. You don't have to go into too many stories. What's the what's the really good and what's the really bad? Well, the really good was I decided that I wanted to be able to create again. And I wanted to be with my daughter and have that time and be present. You know, I grew Gigi so quick that I wasn't able to be present with my customers or, you know, I and I was present with my daughter, but I was always ah running around building this, this sure, cupcake. Yeah, you know, fighting the franchisees, fighting the people just even in my company, fighting my family at times. And it was just not a joy anymore. And so I think being able to recreate myself and have that creative process has been the best. And being a mom, it's been the best. I Because I want to leave a legacy of love for her, no matter what. That's yeah. the most important. And business comes, I do have to feed her. I have to support myself. But um, that comes second. And then the worst part of it was 
and they write books about when founders sell. And I mean, just the books about the typical thing that happens to 99.9% .9 of the founders and what happens to the company after they sell, that's what happened. <laughs> it just, it just didn't go. And I'm sure everyone in the world, I mean, it's a public record. I, uh, they went bankrupt within the yeah. first few years. And it was extremely painful because I said, don't do these four things or you're going to get sued and go bankrupt. What'd they do? Those four things. Four things. And I'm like, what? So, and then all of a sudden my name's still attached to it, right? I'm still Gigi, the founder. So I get all of the emails, all of the backlash, all of the hate mails. How dare you betray us? I'm like, <laughs> I just wanted to be a mom. <laughs> it's not me. And I promised you it's not me. I didn't go bankrupt. So it's been, <clears throat> it's been very hard, very difficult to see your first baby fail. Mm, and then, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's been painful. But someone, I tried to buy him out of bankruptcy and someone outbid me in California. And it just, it is what it is. And it was that time then, February 29th, 2000. 19 or no 2020 right before the pandemic i decided to close my doors and turn completely um away from Gigi's cupcakes as far as being the owner i will always be the founder and do something else and then the pandemic hit and here we are here we are and here we are <laughs> wow it's so you, I, I don't before, i want to move on to what you're doing now but i do want to go back just to one last thing Okay. You were on the television show Undercover Boss. Yes. I'm a, I, I, tell me about that experience because I watched, and you know when there when you have the, the signature Gigi swirl, right. and when you're with a guy who's smashing <laughs> it down, and he's saying you're doing it wrong, like and I you're. <laughs> I have no idea how you kept composure in that I moment because actually, <laughs> what's that? I don't either. Actually, you know, that was the first time I was away from my daughter for two weeks. I'd never been away from her more than not even hardly a night. So she was three at the time when we filmed it. And it was, that was hard in itself. And then going undercover and knowing that they don't they did not know who I was because they would have never said the things they said to me had they known who it was. You know, we see this this uh, cream cheese recipe and I'm like, what's this little tab on the side? And she's like, oh, that's our recipe. Corporate doesn't know what they're doing, so don't follow what they say. And I'm like, <gasps> and my, my producer was, I need a Tylenol. I need a Tylenol. And so I walked out from my producer, and I'm like, I can't do this. I, I'm in costume. They're, they think I'm this weird hippie woman. They're treating me bad. He's like, you can do it. Get in there. And he's like... <laughs> And I'm like, I can't do this. But the thing about it is, is that it was so surreal because here I was this person that they thought was beneath them, right? So some of them treated me bad. Some of them treated me with sadness. Someone, treat, someone treated me with kindness, kind of like when I was cleaning houses, how the people would treat me. Like here, it was the most bizarre, surreal feeling. Like I've been here before. <laughs> I've been treated this way before, lots of times. And it was just an interesting thing. But the great thing about it was how passionate they were about Gigi's. 
And what they were saying, no, that's not the Gigi's way. And the pride I had from that, you know, just, wow, I built a company in five years that people can say, that's not the Gigi's way. Don't do it like, G don't do it like that. Do it like Gigi would do. And I was Gigi sitting there. It was such a, who, how many people in the world get to be a fly on the wall and not be you and they, people don't recognize you, but they talk about you. It's, <laughs> not you know what? <laughs> I used to drive Uber. So I was the director of operations for both Maribel restaurants and Green Hills Grill. Wonderful. Um, wow. Which is what I do now. Um, I'm at Maribel right now. I love Maribel's. I'm right down there. the street from you. I was there Sunday for brunch. It's my favorite, oh. place, my favorite place to eat brunch. You came to my table. It's a, it's no, I would, I wasn't there this past Sunday. I was, I was, I was here in the, I brought the donuts in on Sunday morning. I was here at like seven. Did you bake the donuts yourself? No, we buy them from Fox's Donut Den. Perfect, they are great. We support logo. We want to bring in. We want to bring in the best donuts. So Fox's Donut Den. That's right. Did you like the new brunch? How it was set up? The new brunch. It's uh, it's very uh, COVID friendly. <laughs> we have to be. It's very, very important. It's important for us to be proactive about that. Very important for you to be proactive. You do a great job, but with what you're doing, it's still personable. And you're still extremely professional. And Thank that's you. my favorite restaurant. I love Maribel's. <laughs> well, that's a, I love it. Thank you so much. You come by and see me sometime. I'd love to meet you here in person. But what I used to do back in the day, I used to drive Uber. Like okay. randomly, like Saturday mornings, I would go and drive people around town. Sometimes if I was working in the restaurant, like on a Friday or Saturday night, wife's asleep, I would say, Oh, I'm just going to turn the app on. So I would, I would be done here at the restaurant. I'd be 8, 8.30, whatever. And I would go get in the car behind the restaurant, turn the app on. And sometimes I would get a ride right away from people leaving the restaurant. And so I would just go, okay. So I would turn around. I'd go pull up to the front of the restaurant, let the people in the car, and then they would get in the car and I would go, how was dinner? Oh, and I would, yes. I would get to have that moment where I would talk to them about their dinner and I'm like, oh, I'm the director of operations for that restaurant. You just, I didn't say a word to him, but it was that weird moment where they were like, right. Take me to my next place driver. Oh, the yeah. restaurant was great. Da, 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 da. And it was funny. Cause it was like, it was my closest kind of experience right. with that. Right. And you could get, you could get completely honest feedback, good or bad. Sometimes good or bad. to hear the bad. And I did hear a lot of the bad in a lot of ways that we could have improved. And that was a huge thing for the company because I got off the road and I decided that we were consistently inconsistent because we grew so fast. So our next move was, okay, we got to get pink boots on the ground. We got to get out there and get consistent to all the stores. And so that was our reaction to Undercover Boss. And it was the, sometimes the hardest things you go through and the hardest things you can do are the most rewarding in the end. Almost so always. If I it's find difficult that. and it's hard and it's painful, if you have the right attitude, it will benefit you. 100%. Somehow. Somehow. So you now have pies by Gigi's. Yeah. You're you're there right now. We're, you're in Brentwood. I'm in Brentwood. You, you're it's it's a pandemic baby of yours. That's baby. <laughs> you've got it going on. Tell me about Pies by Gigi. Well, it started in the pandemic. You know, my, that, my dream was to always have one pie shop because 
Cupcakes was my first baby, and I will, I'm so proud of what that company is and what we grew. That being said, pies have always been my first love. So I'd always wanted one pie shop, one place where my daughter could come and we could just have a place where people can come and feel safe and I could finally be present. So out of the pandemic, I was listening to, of course, everyone was shut down and in their house and I was listening to someone on the radio or the TV, I can't remember. And they said, stop making, if you're a seamstress or if you're a designer, stop making clothes, design masks. We need them. And I thought, well, I'm not a seamstress. I can't, I can't sew, but I can bake. So I thought, I'm going to bake. And so I decided I got to my two of my greatest besties and there happened to be my manager at the Broadway store original and my social media manager. And I said, okay, how can they're sitting right here? So I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> they're my two besties along with my daughter. And how can we do this? So we marketed it. I put it out on my, in, on my uh, website and we started delivering comfort food. So pies nice. isn't just pies. We have chicken pot pie, shepherd's pie, tater tot casserole, low-fat enchiladas. I have an amazing kale salad. We have Ooh. chili. We have, you know, so it's it's a breakfast and lunch. The best quiche outside. Sorry, even people that have gone to Paris say my quiche is better. That's all Ch I need to hear. <laughs> You've got to come in for my quiche. It's amazing. You're gonna see me. We're gonna end this interview, and you'll see me like seven minutes later. Come in. Let me treat you to a slice of quiche. I'm going to do that. I'll put, I'll put my uh, bragging to the test. <laughs> <laughs> so we have pies and bars and we ship across. We're doing those cocoa balls. Oh, good grief. Have you heard what those cocoa bombs are? People love them. Oh, good grief. And they, someone said, hey, can you do these balls? And I'm like, well, my other thing is uh, say yes and then figure it out. So I'm like, sure, I'll do these cocoa balls. Guilty. <laughs> so we we figured out how to do cocoa balls and we're shipping them across the country and doing them for uh, Hallmark stores all across the country. And so we're we're trying to figure it out. I need to make rent. It's slow. It's a pandemic. People aren't coming in. And I literally don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't know if it's going to take off because of I what is happening with our year. It's horrible. I read a book recently called Alchemy. It's by a guy named Rory Sutherland. Okay. And I just wrote down in the same notebook a couple of the quotes. And I'm the kind of guy around here that if somebody has like a crazy idea, like the manager goes, don't, don't tell Brandon because he's <laughs> going to do it. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I, I love it. Um, it's <laughs> My favorite comment is logic always gets you to the exact same place as your competition. Hmm. If you just do things logically and we're just going to keep it safe. If you're just safe all the time, you'll yeah. always get to the exact same place as your competition. Like you've got to step outside of everything. Do things a little bit weird. You have to be bold. And yeah. Bold. Test counter intuition because nobody else does. And yeah. It's much easier to be fired for being illogical than unimaginative. Oh, I love it. And here's another one that's my quote that you can, uh, well, I'm coining it, but you can use it. <laughs> I'm writing it down. I got pen ready. Is that original thing? What's that thing I say? About oh, life is not about <laughs> <laughs> It's only written on my bathroom walls. Life <laughs> is not about being perfect. Life is about being original. 
I like that too. It's not it's original people get things done. You people don't remember perfect people. People don't they don't want to see a perfect person. They want to see one that's flawed and scarred and brave and that sticks up for what's right and gets out there and gets their hands dirty and makes things happen. I'm I'm with you 100%. Um Valentine's Day is coming up. It is, it is February February 14th this year for all of the guys out there, gals, whoever's sure. making reservations at restaurants. It always baffles me that people will call restaurants kind of like this one right. and, and they will go, uh, do you have reservations? I'm like, it is Valentine's Day. Right. Like, we've been full for two weeks now. Been already? No, I mean, I'm not saying now, but like oh, on oh. Valentine's Day, we will have been full for two weeks. <laughs> Right. It's like, it sneaks up like it's the same day every year. It's not like Thanksgiving changes, like what day? February 14th. Here is your like one month warning, guys and gals. Make your reservations and then stick to those reservations. Right. Comfort, pies, Valentine's Day. This is your first one. You've got to yeah. be doing something special, right? Well, we are. We're doing pie is love and love is pie. Because my hearts, my pies have hearts on them. Instead of like a crisscross dough, it's a little cutout heart. So it mm -hmm. really fits in with the whole Valentine's theme already. But I'm doing a red velvet pie with a cream cheese whip topping. And we're doing a raspberry crisp white chocolate with dark chocolate. We've got some things, I will tell you. <laughs> so yeah. fantastic. Balls, the little cocoa bombs, and you can come get those. We've got about four different things for Valentine's Day. And we're doing a white chocolate raspberry walnut coconut bar that is, oh, it's really good. <laughs> like, it's like, you just named off all my favorite things in one, one bar. In. And we're thinking of doing, because, you know, we do dinner here and we have salads and we do private parties here. We do uh, Bible studies here. We do women's groups, book clubs. People don't realize that they can just come into my space. It seats 25 people comfortably, 25 to 30 people comfortably. So we're thinking of having a Valentine's dinner. So if you all are full, maybe they can come here. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll start making... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, hey, I think we should send people to both places. I think there's a lot of play people out there that just knowing that you have that space available and that you have savory things as well as, I mean, I think when you hear pie, you think, oh, like pecan pie, it's going to be something sweet. The fact that you also have savory dishes is so, um, so important. I think that's fantastic to let right. people know that. Make your balance. Can they make reservations to come in there? There, we're going to do that today, girls. We're doing Valentine's. <laughs> we're going to say yes and figure it out. No, we've already been thinking about our menu and everything. So we're going to have a Valentine's Day dinner. Pre prefix? Prefix, yes. Right. And we're gonna That's have what we're doing. Three, three different entrees and a gorgeous kale salad and a, and a mixed salad. And I have a tomato corn salad. And oh, we've got some really good things. I think you'd be impressed, even though you're such a restaurateur. You have to come... Yeah have some of my my food all right <laughs> have done your food all the time <laughs> i um i love about what you guys are doing because you've got to think you're born in during a pandemic um yeah. if i don't want to come into a building if i don't feel safe if i'm somebody who has a who's predisposed to this thing right. and i just i would love to try what you have but i want to do it at home 
you guys offer delivery. Is it your own delivery? Is it your people delivering? We usually, we do Uber Eats, but we also have our own delivery. So if you wanted to call, and today I'm going to put out on the website, uh, since it's so snowy and cold, we'll send, we'll bring you a casserole. So Perfect. we do curbside. People don't even have to come in. They just call ahead and say, hey, we're out here and we bring their food and, and do it on our square and or they call ahead with their credit card. We just do a co-flight or delivery. We are trying to meet the needs of the people right now. And I'm hoping people will support small business. I'm a huge small business advocate. That has become my new destiny, whatever that is. Not sure yet, but I want to people to know how important small business is. It's the bedrock and foundation of, of America. That's everything we do. It's everything we do. We cannot let big tech and big business and big boxes destroy the small business, the backbone of America. So support small business. It's important. Um, my favorite was, you know, everybody, because I am I grew up here in Nashville, I lived here for 33 years. Okay. But Davis Kid was a place that we used to always go when I was younger. It's a bookstore in Green right. Hills. Right. And they had a they had a restaurant called Bronte Bistro, and my mom used to love going. They had a pear salad that was her absolute favorite, and she would go there for soup. And I would go there with her all the time. If I needed a book, I went to Davis Kid. And then when Davis Kid closed, everybody said, "Oh man, I love Davis Kid." And it's like, when was the last time you were there? Like I haven't been in years. I just go on Amazon now, and I go, "That's why they're closed." That's why they closed because everyone goes on Amazon. This is the time that we need to be supporting local. It's you yeah. voting with your dollar bill, with your wallet as to where right. your favorite restaurants that right now, your favorite restaurant that you have is about, I would be willing to bet you they're, they're, they're really having a hard time. Right. Uh, and on our show last week, the, the music city roundup that I do with, with your friend, Kelly Sutton, mm -hmm. we, um, She's awesome. we talked about this and the best ways to support local businesses. Um, while gift cards are great, Right now, we just need you to, to choose not to go to Outback. Right. Go to a locally owned, make yeah. sure before you go out to eat that is a locally owned and operated restaurant and then go there or go pick up the food. Right. If you can avoid Uber Eats or any of those other you know third party delivery aggregators, try and avoid those. I love that you guys will deliver your like yourselves from your place because that money stays with you. Right. And I mean, I when you start giving Uber Eats 30%, I don't know any restaurants that make 30% profit. They, we don't, yeah. And no one, you know the deal. <laughs> we, we all know the deal. Most people don't understand that <clears throat> when you're going to these big chains, which I'm not saying, I mean, I was a chain, <laughs> but, but it was like, but it was still small business owners would buy into my business and then they'd put it in their hometown. And they'd be like, please come to Gigi's Cupcakes because they're the ones that are running this business. So it was still local. It was local people. It wasn't some huge conglomerate that would come in and take over your whole town. It was a local person that would buy in and put it in their town. So that's what we need. We need people to support local. It's important because all the, oh, we loved them. Well, you didn't support them. So they're going, we're all going to die because you're not supporting us. So good luck with that. You're gonna not have anything original. And there's one thing that big boxes and corporate America can never give you. And that is this, experience through comfort. 
They, I mean, the fads come and go, the Chia Pet, Hula Hoop, whatever. They'll come and go. Pet rock. The Pet Rock. But big business and big corporate can never, ever give you what a small business and their creativity and their their experience through comfort can give you. Period. True story. Well, Gigi, happy new year. I'm so excited um, to talk to you, to get to learn about your story. I feel like we could talk for hours. The first time I interview people, I kind of do this thing where I go in and I kind of, I want people to learn about you. I want my listeners to learn your story. Let's do it again. And let's just go deep into all the other realms of this world. It'll be so much fun. We don't have to backtrack. Small businesses. Let's just start with small business, how we can help and protect small businesses. Well, this is a chance because at the end of every single show, I like to open the floor and I let you take us out. Whatever you want to say, you get to say your statement to my entire audience. Take us out. Uh, However long you want to talk, whatever you want to say, go. I'm just going to say that I have appreciated Nashville supporting Gigi's Cupcakes in the past. In that crash of 2008, you were there for me. You felt sorry for me and you provided, and I really appreciate you. And we have to do that once again, not just with my business, but Mayor Bulls and Fox's Donuts and every small place that is suffering right now. And I promise you, we are all suffering and we are all on the brink because people are not coming into our places like they should, but yet we're still paying big rents. So if I could say anything to the people listening, Support the people that are in your town and don't forget about creativity and what made this country great. And that is small business. That is the backbone of our society. So support it. Gigi Butler, thank you so much. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> thank you so much. You've, you've been an amazing guest and I wish you nothing thank but the best know. of success and luck. Okay. So there we go. Gigi Butler. Cannot wait to bring you our interview with Edgar Victoria, who is Alabrije. That'll be coming out this Friday. Uh, we will have Wesley Keegan from Tailgate Brewery coming up next week. We will be doing a roundup for Valentine's Day. We got a lot of stuff coming up, guys. We haven't gone anywhere. We are going to continue bringing you all the interviews, all the stuff that's going on in the restaurant world here in Nashville. If you have show ideas, let me know. Go to the Nashville Restaurant Insiders Facebook group and let me know what your ideas are. We'd love to check them out. Hope that you guys are being safe out there. Love you guys. Bye.